Behind this door is another dimension. Welcome to Enter the Flow Zone podcast. This is the only podcast that teaches people the secrets of peak performance, positive psychology, and mindset mastery to help unlock your flow state. Here's your host, certified flow coach and international happiness consultant, Sumed Chatterjee. Hey there, guys. Welcome back to Enter the Flow Zone podcast. Once again, we're rocking in an incredible day today. And if you can, guys, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd really appreciate it for Flow State Karma Points, as well as everybody else who's tuning in. We just want to appreciate you for being a listener. Please feel free to check out all the rest of the episodes. We have incredible guests on. Today, we have another incredible guest on and a guest expert for you, somebody who embodies the flow state, Josiah Sedeno, a flow artist warrior. An IMC Nation brother. I've heard of him on Yogi, Yogi Chris's podcast. Now we're about to enter the flow zone. So, right. how's it going, man? It's going fantastic, bro. <laughs> Excellent, man. So, tell me, Josiah, or Saya, should I call you Saya? Uh, no, Josiah is fine. Josiah, all right. So, Josiah, what got you into the, the flow arts journey? So, it all. <clears throat> I would say it started with music at first, but what really got my attention towards it was gloving. Now, I'm, I don't know if you ever heard of gloving before, mm-hmm. but it's those things that, you know, people do at raves with yeah. their fingers, faces. But, um, yeah, so when I first started going, going to raves, um, I was kind of late on the scene when it came to gloving. It came in 2009. And when I started to go to raves, it was maybe like, Maybe like 2015-ish. Mm. So at first I saw it as nothing really big, you know, not, not sort of a big deal, but all it takes is that one moment to just kind of change your perspective on things and you just kind of take things more seriously. So I, I see gloving as just one of the ways in which someone can actually express the flow state or at least try to, try to get a better understanding of it. Like, I feel like there's, I feel like there's millions of ways. It's kind of like uh, different branches of the same tree, mm. the same tree that that flow state. Totally. And I uh, never looked back since. Awesome, man. And what sort of got you into the, the scene of like, did you see someone do it at first, or like, what really inspired you to sort of get into it? Did you go to raves and see other people really doing it, and that that's what sort of kicked you off in terms of your inspiration? Uh, outside of Rays, I have seen people do it. Yeah. And Hawaii, Hawaii is a small place, so you, you kind of tend to know everybody. Yeah. Uh, so I was with one of my good friends at the time, and he took me to a rave after I stopped going for a while. And, um, you know, being on all the, all the Molly and all that kind of elevates your experience and all that. But to make a long story short, uh, he just pretty much gave me a light show. And I seen how everyone just kind of um, enjoyed the vibe, you know, after giving a good light show or, re- or receiving one. Like, everyone's just cool. Like, the, the whole vibe's there, and I love it. Awesome, man. So tell me, yeah. what, what is the kind of the skill set that people need in order to get into um, the flow community or at least start exploring that a little bit more? I would say probably – one of the most important, if not the most important thing, is to have an open mind. Because mm-hmm. for some people like me, I see gloving as something to be mastered. Like, 
like literally an art form. And for others, they'll just see it as like, oh, it's, you know, it's just a guy wiggling his fingers, you know, two people who are on drugs yeah, <clears throat> or whatnot. But I would, I would say just kind of have an open mind. I mean, if it's not going to be gloving, it's going to be something else, you know, because right. like the, the state is, is there. Like you, you can't deny that it's there. So I'll just kind of trying to bring it out and trying to embody it. Yeah. Stuff like that. Does it kind of feel like it's almost like an experimentation process that you go through when you're trying to, or is it much more of like a, a, a letting go and a process of, of surrender? I'll say the, the latter one, a yeah. process of letting go and a surrender mm-hmm. because from, from what I've learned so far, um, you know, you can be doing your finger rolls, you can be doing whips, all those uh, fancy kind of tricks. But if you're having like this uh, mindset of being kind of hard on yourself or, or if someone's not impressed, then, you know, it's all mm-hmm. these negative things start. Or if it's something more positive, then you're going to start to brag. And mm-hmm. it's just kind of like the will just get inflated. But when you flow and just kind of go with it and nothing's really on your mind, mm-hmm. I feel like that's – Yeah. I, I I really can't find the words for it, but that's that's like that's how you know when you're in yeah. the flow state. Absolutely, yeah. It's kind of like this intrinsic reward, right? Because it's like all the we can try and like do it to impress someone else, but it's like when you're just that songbird singing your song, you know, and you're just in the moment and you're doing it. I guess that's kind of the main uh, reward by itself, right? In the flow state, we call it autotelic, but scientists use that word instead of addictive right <laughs> they don't want to use that <laughs> word <laughs> so they say it's autotelic meaning it's a reward by itself right so yeah that's super interesting man uh yeah i wanted to take uh your perspective in terms of you know the flow arts and really start to apply it to like some of the elements in the key flow state triggers as well so you know what would you say is a big uh, flow state trigger for you was it would it be like deep concentration, uh, challenge skills? Do you feel that there's an element of risk? Do you feel that there's, um, I would say deep embodiment is probably one of them, right? It's like this feeling of like being within your body. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so some some of the old triggers that I used to, that used to be was, of course, drugs. Right. But one thing, I, one thing that I realized um, because uh, a lot of a lot of um, glovers or just people at raise in general, they they yeah. kind of put their um, attachment to the experience in drugs. Mm. If I'm yeah. not on drugs, I'm not having a good time. But mm. once once I managed to kind of kick that addiction and strip away everything, the only thing that was left was music. So, yeah. like would ask me what kind of music do you listen to i'm like bro at this point i have no idea i just listen to whatever sounds good and if a if a song sounds good like you're gonna want to dance and you're gonna want to bob your hand and move to it yeah so you sort of follow the vibe of the music yeah yeah like just like it's it's like those five seconds and you're already hearing the beat you already know it's gonna be a good song Mm. um but i'll say another state of a flow trigger for me would would kind of be like challenging yourself in gloving. So for example, um, okay, you know, you can glove um, high or whatever. Can you glove without being high? Or can you glove out in the open 
And you'll be surprised because people who try to record gloving out in the open get really nervous, myself mm. included. And I feel like that's kind of like a barrier that needs to be kind of mm. like pushed. Right. It's like that. It's like that selflessness, right? It's like that ego death that you're trying to experience, yeah. which the drugs automatically do for you. But without it, it's like, how do you experience that? By pushing the edge, right? By pushing the boundaries. Yes. Totally. Yes. Like, I, I don't have to depend on all these external things just to give a good like or like let alone just to um, have fun, even if it is but um, gloving by myself. Right. And... Have you found any other people who are also interested in this? Like, have you reached out to certain individuals who are in the flow community as well? Yeah. So on Facebook, we actually have a page called the 808 Gloving Community. It is, it's not as active as it was before. Yeah. Uh, however, there, there are people who glove. They'll do uh, poi, poi spinning yeah. and all that, stuff like that. Though I, I would like to think that they're um, – perspective towards the flow arch is maybe a little bit different because mm. no, like maybe some of them will do it for fun mm. or nah, I don't know <laughs> yeah so what what would you say your biggest inspiration to dive into this is is it challenging yourself is it pushing yourself to create almost like a like a character for yourself like is it character development that you're seeking like what are you ultimately using this tool for uh what i'm ultimately using it for is pretty much in a, an expression of the flow state yeah like I'm, i am by no means any master of the flow or like the mm. flow state or whatever but each time that i try and do it, it you know i do it to learn i do it to kind of understand mm. Stuff like that. That's also that's also why I tried poi spinning out too, because you start to use more of your body, you know, your mm. arms, your feet, everything. Mm. And it's and it's definitely an art form I, I wanna master. I've never mastered an art form before. Mm. And if I had to if I had to choose one thing that I could do um without getting paid or without people um acknowledging or recognizing, it would it would be going. It will be good. I, mean, I remember that was a question that Alan Watts asked. Mm. I, I can't say it word for word, but that's pretty much what he asked. If you could do anything without getting paid for it or no recognition, what what would it be? Mm. You know, and and that's all coming from okay. inside here. Like, oh, I want a glove so I can show off or anything like that. Mm. That's awesome, man. And what do you feel like is the kind of the sensation when you match the, do you follow the music or do you feel like you allow the, the body to naturally like tap into muscle memory? Uh, I definitely follow the music at first, but yeah. the more you keep going, the more natural it starts to become. Mm. Just like anything, like a musician playing their guitar. Yeah. They'll get all us at first, but when someone sees you, like they'll know when you're in the flow or in the zone, like mm. that, like that's definitely a different level than just trying to match the music, trying to match the rhythm. Yeah. But the only way to get there is just through repetition. Totally, man. So you yeah. said something really interesting that you cut an addiction out of your life. Like, what was that process like for you? Like when you uh, went through that whole transition period? I mean, what were certain mindset shifts and things that you? you really had to rewire? Uh, it was definitely attachment. 
uh, attachment to um, excuse me, attachment to um, dependency on drugs to have a good time, like at a mm-hmm. rave, outside of raves, house mm-hmm. raves. But once, like, once you just kind of strip that away and just realize what is left, the only thing that's really left is just you and your mind. Like, why do I have to put my attachment and my dependency on such, like, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's fun and it's good and in the moment. But when it's all said and done, like, the moment is done and, like, here you are feeling all depressed and stuff like that. And yeah, there's a crash. Empty stomach to the side effects. And it's, like, yeah. And it took a while, but eventually just, I was just, like, no more. That's awesome. No, you just started to cut it out. And the real power lies in, you being able to be surrounded by other people who still do it, but you're just like, no, no, no. Like you're pretty much in control. And to me, that's, that's power. Yeah. That's, that's amazing, man. Yeah. You know, there's this guy who uh, had a Ted talk. I think his name is Johan Hari. And he said, the opposite of addiction is not sobriety. The opposite of addiction is connection. And that's kind of interesting to me because oftentimes when we become addicted to something, we start to feel a lot more disconnected. But the word that you use was attachment, which I find really interesting because it's like, there's such a big difference between attachment and connection. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, yeah. And I also see this, there's this uh, wolf in the background there. It's interesting because wolf backwards is also flow. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I so. learned- I think he just said it. That makes so much sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's really cool. Um, do you feel like that the wolf is kind of like your your spirit animal, or it's definitely one of them? Yeah, it's definitely one of them for for a long time. At that, it's just mm-hmm. it's, it's thinking about like its demeanor and its uh, loyalty towards the pack. The fact that it can operate in the pack together mm-hmm. as one, which which is another state of flow. If like multiple minds can work as one, like that's yeah, <laughs> beautiful. Totally, yeah. And flow state, uh, like social triggers are so different from psychological triggers. Then that always fascinates me because if you have, let's say, like you have a soccer game or something, right? And you have two teams that don't participate equally and they're not equal in skill level, it's going to be a really boring game. Right. But if you have two teams who are equal skill level and they participate equally, it's going to be an amazing game. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it's also like who you're surrounding yourself with. So, yeah, I think that that's super important. That's a huge element of that. Um, And I know like Hawaii is also such a an amazing culture because. I've been doing a lot of, you know, research into Hawaiian uh, spirituality a little bit and like shamanism. Um, yeah. And they have like uh, aloha, even the, in the term itself, like has uh, in the presence of breath, aha, right? And it's, yes. it's like that there's kind of like this, this force, like the Star Wars force that holds the island together. And there's kind of this, this, uh, this power or that's why I always say like, may the flow be with you, you know, like, because, <laughs> because it's like, it's this kind of this energy, right? This prana, this chi, whatever you want to call it, this, this uh, energy that you're tapping into um, that really helps. And Hawaii seems to really 
have that as a part of its culture, which I really appreciate. And it's also very feminine energy, right? The, the trees moving, the, the hula culture, you know, it's like, it's very movement based and change based, which I think is very interesting. And that's why probably a lot of people want to go on vacation there because they want to tap a little bit into that, you know, that feminine energy. Um, yeah, have you been to Hawaii? No, I haven't, man. Um, but it's definitely one of my go-to places for sure. I think I'd really yeah. enjoy it. Come down here, man. You let me know. Awesome, man. For sure, yeah. <laughs> It'll be amazing, yeah. So, yeah, tell me a little bit about, like, what are some of the values as a flow uh, artist that you feel like you stand for and that you don't stand for? Mm. Uh, definitely one of the values is... Uh, one of the values that I do stand for is to have an open mind because mm -hmm. the, the flow arts, like the flow arts isn't just um, labeled to just like gloving or poisoning. Like to me, the flow arts is like any art that you can harvest the flow state in, which could be martial arts, mm -hmm. people like Bruce Lee, could be people who do music or even something as simple as people who are working a job. You know, like yeah. that's, that's open mind. Like if you can understand the flow state, then you can get, I would say like a better, a better way to live basically. Mm. So have an open mind. Uh, one of the other values I don't stand for is dependence on external things to kind of like embody mm. the flow state. Right. Things like drugs, things like people, mm. things like... Like just like, like external things, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's so true because, you know, you have the kind of rich environment of a rave where you have all these colors and all these, you know, this music going off. I mean, naturally it induces a little bit of a flow state. However, mm -hmm. like for someone who has a very uh, distracted mind or maybe ADD type mind, that might actually enhance their ADD a little bit more, right? It might make their mind yeah. go everywhere and so having some kind of a practice like hoist spinning or even like i sometimes you know like to mess around with a kendama and it's just fun to like be able to do that because then it's like you're putting your focus on a task or a tool and it feels almost like my subconscious mind is solving a problem like it's like doing certain certain kind of activity where maybe I'll write down a problem or I'll like, maybe I'm writing my book, right? I'll just kind of take my mind away from that and just maybe do some kendama. And then suddenly I get a new idea. So there's kind of, there's a, like a beauty to that process of surrender that you said and letting go because it's yes. like it, you let your subconscious mind work for you. Yeah. Yeah. And not against you. Not against you, exactly, yeah. Because <laughs> there's 40 million bits of information, right, in the subconscious mind. So if you're actively, like, using your selective focus and doing one thing over and over again, like, you're actually training your mind, right? It's like mm -hmm. the dojo of the mind. So I feel like, yeah, there's definitely, like you said, martial arts as well, uh, which is, like, the art of combat, but then it's also honesty, as Bruce Lee says, it's about like being truthful and open and like honest with yourself as you're fighting. Yeah. So, so that's that's really interesting, man. Yeah. And one and one thing um, to add to that is also um, you gotta be willing to adopt to change as well. Mm. I, I I feel like 
the attachment and not wanting to change is a trap because if like without change where where would the human race be i mean like mm. change is happening every day it's happening whether you like it or not it's happening whether you want to stay attached to something or not mm. and I'd, I'd, i'd say that's maybe like the one of the biggest rules or one of the biggest values because if you're not if you're not willing to change so if i apply to gloving If I'm not willing to change, if I'm not willing to say learn new moves, if, if I'm not willing to push myself or yeah. find new things to kind of keep me going to try and master this art form, then it's just gonna it's just gonna die out and decay. Yeah, totally. That's how that really happens. But if you're if you're willing to learn new moves, if you're willing to not not just do dubbing, but let's say voice mini, like that's how I kept my mind open. I wanted to kind of change it. So I decided to try voice spinning, and maybe in the future, I may even stop dubbing. But I'll stop when I stop. Other than that, I'll just keep going until I have to keep going, basically. Yeah, I love what you said about changes because that's so important. Like some people, you know, embrace the change immediately, and for others, it's like you know they'll resist it for a while, and it'll make the kind of the journey much more longer than it needs to be, right? It's like we need to accept this kind of change as a natural progression and an organic mm -hmm. part of it. And yeah, it's so interesting because, you know, I was thinking a little bit about, you know, Taoism, how it's called uh, the, the I Ching or the Tao Te Ching, which means the book of changes, like the path of change, basically. And so what they say is like, you know, uh, Lao Tzu, which kind of translates as old master, which I think is kind of funny, like how his name translates to old master. Uh, however, they say like, they, they have like these four cardinal, cardinal virtues. And like, basically they say the reverence for life, right? Like is the first one, which is like unconditional love and positive regard for people. And then, mm -hmm. then there's like the natural sincerity, like what I mentioned earlier about with Um, martial arts, which is like this kind of honesty, simplicity, authenticity, right? Um, mm -hmm. The third one is gentleness. So like being kind is better than being correct all the time. And then um, the last one is like service to others that they believe. And that's kind of all categorized through the, the symbol of the yin and yang, which is like this constant change, right, happening as well. So yes, it's a wonderful just symbolism to describe life yeah and it's and it definitely is not easy though yeah but sometimes it is it is worth it yeah yeah i can guess that it's not easy i mean it's like making a mistake again and again right maybe if you're poised spinning you're probably dropping it or like when you were like think back to the times when you were in that struggle phase of learning yeah. for the first time right <laughs> can you describe that to me a little bit like what that was like <laughs> yeah. so, I, I just laugh because uh, when it comes to poise spinning like there is no ways there is no way where you would get into it without hitting yourself in the nuts and it <laughs> <laughs> happens way too often yeah um, but you know change and pain you know <laughs> but um during the first few times it was it was kind of interesting because you're um of course you're spinning You know, spinning the uh, poi balls, whatever. But then, underneath all that, like as you're spinning it, you you start to kind of like 
I guess you can say, recognize like this feeling or like this momentum, mm. like on how fast you're spinning in or like, like if you're just using your wrists or your whole arms and stuff like that. So the more you kind of do it, the more you kind of get like this momentous mm. kind of feeling or like of control, you know, mm. and, and in a way that's kind of understanding a little bit more about, about the flow state. Mm. It's kind of like control and not really thinking about it, but, but still feeling and stuff yeah. like that. You know, I mean, you'll hit yourself in the head, you'll hit yourself in the face and the ribs, like, yeah. but no pain, no gain, right? Yeah, totally, man. It's like skateboarders when they first start out, they get a lots of bruises and they fall over, but then they end up oh, yeah. being something so beautiful, you know, happen uh, using a board. It's like with any kind of thing, it's like, yeah, the, their injury, the, the greatest flow state trigger, like activities are like extreme sports, right? So I can like imagine like it's so dangerous, but the out, the gain or the adrenaline or the outcome of feeling that moment is like priceless, you know, and it's worth the pain. So yeah, no pain, no gain, like you said. And I was thinking also about like the precision and like the attention to detail almost. It's like, it's not like you're micromanaging, but you're still calculated, right? You you have the kind of technique, but then you're almost like improvising as you you, you get to this unconscious uh, competence, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like there's a structure there, but there's also this thing that's not a structure. Mm. And then just like, eventually it, it, it'll fuse. Eventually <laughs> it'll fuse. I'm reminded of Bruce Lee again. I know we're bringing up Bruce Lee a lot, but man, he, he said in that interview, right? He was like, you know, you want to, you don't want to be a, a mechanical man and you don't want to be unscientific either. It's like, you know how he says it is like, you want to tap into your instinct, but then you also want to tap into this kind of control. And yes. I think that's so powerful as an analogy. Um, yeah, go ahead. I believe he the natural unnaturalness and the yeah. unnatural. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Natural unnaturalness, yeah, yeah. That's powerful. And also, like, what you said about the changes, right, it's also that, that novelty, right? It's complexity is also flow trigger, but also novelty. It's like new, new experience, new tricks, right? New things you discover, uh, maybe new uh, tools, First, uh, flow arts. <laughs> uh, I'm definitely so. If I want to get into this, right? Like, what would you recommend that that you know I I get into it first? If I'm just like getting into flow arts in general, like, should I just pick and choose like what resonates with me? Yes. Uh, in fact, I would. I, the first question I would ask you is: Have you um, spun with any props before? Or, or if not, then is there a prop that you'd want to spin with? Oh, not spin with, but just kind of use. Mm. Like juggling or staff spinning, fire spinning. Mm. Right. I mean, I guess I'm more used to like kind of like, you know, kendama, yo-yo. So something with a string, maybe poi, mm. a string would then, be. Then I would definitely either recommend poi spinning or orbiting because okay. I'm, I'm – yeah, orbiting is pretty much like this orbit. Yeah. Just pretend it's in an orbit and there's like a string attached to it. And you pretty much like spin it, you know, flip it around. Oh, that's cool. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. I have to write this down. <laughs> orbiting. Okay, that sounds lit. Yeah. Just, uh, just YouTube it when you can. Yeah, I'll YouTube it in my free time. Yeah, for sure. Awesome, man. So, yeah, that's so interesting that 
you know, you've been on this kind of journey to embody that flow. So, and also getting away from that instant gratification, which is kind of a process of being human. I feel like you know, the road to excess leads to the palace of wisdom, you know, so you got to go through that period where you know your level and then you surpass that and like life kind of humbles you a little bit. And then you kind of you get back into it and you find your own, you fine tune your own style and things like that. So yeah, I admire you for what you do. Um, what would you say if somebody is being a part of the flow community and like, is there ever like battles? Like that, that's what I'm wondering. Is there like, is there competition between flow artists at times? <laughs> like, is it sort of like, like rap battles or like, you know, dance battles or something like that? You know, I, I feel like there is, but it's one of those unspoken things, but like yeah. the, the way people carry themselves or like the way they communicate, like you can tell, like either this guy like thinks you're a piece of shit or like just trying to challenge you or whatnot. I mean, like, like you'll, you'll see it. It's, it's not so much something that's actually spoken. Um, well, they mm. do. It's like an terms. underground community. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I know you have online tournaments for, um, for gloving and stuff like that. Mm. But if we're talking about like actual, like, I guess rivalry or just kind of like mm. ego battle, then I, I feel like it's, it's something that they'll they'll communicate. Like right. you can tell. Mm. Yeah. So besides uh, flow arts, like what are other ways that you get into the flow state? Other ways that I get into the flow state, I'll definitely say one of them is through work. Mm -hmm. Like I, I work as a line cook, but. The thing is, I'm not working by myself, so I work with the team. Mm. And we'll have Roof our good up. days and our bad days, yeah. We'll have our good days and our bad days. But the way I kind of see it like a systematic thing, like right. if if everyone knows what they're doing and everyone knows how to do it, then they can kind of like follow each other, I guess, in a way where like I'll move here and then they go this way and then we just kind of mm. move around each other, kind of cook these foods and try to get it out. Yeah. And I, I, I also try to use that as a learning experience, too, because not only am I not working by myself compared to, like, to gloving, mm. but I'm actually working with a team, which, which takes yeah. more than just one mind to try. And when you kind of expand it more to the whole store, the whole restaurant, like the servers mm. in the front, managers on the line, the cooks in the back, yeah. like, just, you know, you, like you just try to look for understanding. Mm. so i'll definitely say that's another way i get into the flow state yeah and i'm sure in that environment like you have the rich environment trigger of everybody helping you but i'm sure it takes a lot of uh, versatility and like adaptability uh talk to me a little bit about like you know the first time that you experience getting into that environment or like adjusting to it mm. oh i'd have to kind of delve back into the past a little bit yeah. Give me a few seconds. So the first time, it was pretty challenging because when you get your first job, the, the thing on your mind is that you don't want to work. <laughs> you just want to work, get paid, and then just leave, you know? Mm. Like you don't want to be here. But um, of course, there's things that you have to go through to get a better understanding of things. Mm. So and that and that just kind of includes like 
understanding why you're working there, kind of understanding what you're doing. Mm. And if you don't want to be there, then what do you want to do? I'd say. So it, it was a pretty challenging experience because the hardest thing was getting along with, with uh, other people. Like, like not really understanding how the whole flow thing works. Well, yeah. when it comes to work. Um, yeah. So did it help for you to first find your own flow in order for you to sort of adapt with the, with the group flow? No, I think, I think it actually helped to be with the group with the flow board. and then discover mm -hmm. my individual flow. Cause nice. I was, I was working long, long before I was grubbing. Yeah. And by the time I started understanding like how to work as a team mm. and started to get a better understanding of flow, like I was, I was still say far from even starting gloving yeah. or just like, the, or just the whole pursuit of trying to enter the flow state. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, so powerful. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, uh, if you don't mind me asking, how, how did you get started on your journey? Um, well, I kind of started, again, it's similar that we have that kind of link towards music because I first heard of flow as a hip-hop term and I didn't know it as a state of being. Um, however, I just knew it in terms of how flow and hip-hop is all about, you know, keeping with the rhythm and allowing yourself to ride the delivery of what you're saying and like making words land, have them connect to each other. So I kind of had a background in terms of that. Uh, unconsciously and always had this kind of ability to remix two things together like I would you know how hip-hop remixes songs like I would just take like all of these different elements and try to make my own thing like that's always kind of how my mind has worked and so mm -hmm. when I started uh, when I was in college actually I was doing a lot of like self-exploration and you know learning a lot of personal development stuff and like going into that but then nothing really stuck with me and a lot of psychology was very um, based on like fixing problems rather than mm -hmm. focusing on strengths. And so I found positive psychology, which is like the science of happiness. And so I looked more into that and that's what I studied for my master's, right? I went deep mm -hmm. into it. I was like, I'm going to study coaching and positive psychology together because anybody can say that they're a coach, right? It's like, there's a no yeah. bar bar of entry so i thought like why not just like devote myself to actually becoming like a master at this you know so i i tried to uh go that route and then from there you know the coaching toolkits and like the positive psychology of like flow is a positive psychology term right so it's like i got to delve into that a lot more and that's when i really get got to study a lot more and, you know, start to learn about my own flow state through, you know, meditation, uh, breath work, um, ecstatic dance, and all these different elements. And also through hip hop and rap and freestyle rap also <laughs> was an awesome wow. one. And so, uh, yeah, I got really inspired from all these elements that were getting me into the flow state naturally. Uh, and I also noticed a lot of my friends and, and people in my, in my past, like sort of getting addicted to drugs, right? As well, I kind of almost slipped up in that direction, but I said, no, I'm not going to go there similar to you. You know, I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And so I transferred all of those ecstatic experiences or consciousness altering experiences. And I transmuted that like an alchemist. And how can I get this thing naturally? Right. 
And I think that that was also a huge part of my uh, journey. And yeah, and then from there, I've just been fine tuning it, you know, got a business coach. He actually got me to explore the fact that flow state was one of my strengths. Like I didn't really think this could be a business before. You know, I thought it was just like kind of a thing that I like to explore. I, I always called myself a creativity coach. So I was like doing everything at once, but he gave me much more of a, that laser beam focus. And mm-hmm. that's kind of what the flow state is about as well as that presence, that focus being in the now, you know? Dude, so, that is awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's my journey, man. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's been wild. Um, but yeah, it's, it's always fascinated me. Like I've always been passionate about really exploring like what maximizes things. You know, I've always been a maximizer. Like I've always seen a certain situation and be like, how can I do this even better? And that's never been in terms of like academics or whatever, like, you know, school kind of has these uh, different frames of mind and like make you kind of maladjusted to certain scenarios in real life as well. So I think that mm-hmm. mainly it was from the self-education, right? Through the, because um, education really, the, the term means to lead out. You know what I mean? So it's like, it leads out the knowledge that's already within. It's not like yelling at a person and like teaching them and they are your student. It's about helping them discover the teacher within them, you know? So I think that that's super valuable. And yeah, that it's kind of been always my mindset to explore this, this thing. And I know a lot of people sell consciousness. A lot of people think that, you know, this, this biohacking community is about quick results, but it's really that long-term mastery, you know, and, and really gaining that, you know, appreciation for the path or the Tao or the, whatever you want to call it, the forest, the flow, um, mm-hmm. is, is what makes it so exciting, right? It's like the, The ability for it, like you said as well, it's like that long-term happiness, right? It's like building up to something, which I think is really powerful. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's beautiful. It's beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, man. Um, What got you to explore, um, you know, IMC Nation? A bad breakup. (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense. That makes sense, bro. Story of it, uh, yeah. but uh, what happened? Um, I was I was inside college, whatnot. Really liked this girl. I had a girlfriend at the time too. Yeah. Uh, in the end, girlfriend, uh, not girlfriend. Sorry, the girl that I liked pretty much rejected me, and I, at the same time, I ended up breaking up with my ex. So mm-hmm. I was inside that you know whole shallow mood of depression and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I'm over there on summer break on YouTube, just exploring. And then all of a sudden, I come across a video of Arash. Mm. And, and this, this was like very old Arash, or, or I guess yeah. young Arash. And he, I remember she was yeah. talking about Ned. And of course, I didn't know what, like, what was going on, but like, the communication that was coming across, and, like, the, like, he, was, he was saying like, he didn't give a shit, and he didn't give a shit. But it's totally. just, just all coming off all natural again. Um, like one thing, one thing that I like to recognize all, or try to recognize all the time is that whenever you see truth, sometimes it just hits you instant. 
And it was, it was one of those moments, even though I had no idea who that was, no idea what he was talking about, but it just kind of connected in a way. So there's I just kind of- There's a frequency to it, isn't there? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I sometimes have a rush in my head as well at times, and that helps me like get more focused during the day. <laughs> you have that too? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Awesome, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, during that time too, I also knew about the game, or I just heard about it. Yeah. But he actually delved into it. So he talked about the mystery method. I checked that out. Yeah. And that's when he still had the pack for, I think it was like 20 bucks a month, I think. Mm. per month and he had like the the mentors and all that for a little bit more but yeah that's pretty much how i delved into that that universe the universe of awesome. gaming yeah. yeah man that's so cool uh i had a similar kind of story in terms of like i don't know how i came across him as well um yeah i definitely think it was through delving into different kinds of you know personal development. I don't even like that term personal development. I feel like we need to re reinvent the term and like call it something else like personal evolution or, you know, something because development oh, kind of, <laughs> yeah, it's like personal development. sounds kind of like real estate or something, you know, it sounds, <laughs> it sounds like you're, you're like renovating your, your internal world where it's much more of a breaking down, right? It's much more of like a process of like, no, this, this younger version of me needs to be, uh, you know, consolidated and, and expressed and, and loved again. So yeah, I think evolution is a better term, but anyway, yeah, as I was delving into this, yeah, I've also had like a horrible experience with girls kind of growing up as well, being a really, really shy kid growing up and also mm -hmm. like never really kind of always being the guy who was friend zoned and that like experiencing that and the rejections that I felt growing up, in college, I chose to reinvent myself. And that's where I learned about, you know, game and like exploring all this. So when I was in college, I was like, I'm going to enter it like a completely different individual. And I'm going to let this be like a performance or like an experimentation. Right. And so yes. my whole college experience was just me like trying to understand um, feminine energy and essence and like you know, I went on lots of dates, I hooked up with lots of girls, and I, I kind of got that whole experience there. And then I got to finally, you know, use that knowledge. I got a long term girlfriend who um, was with for four years, broke up with her. Now I'm kind of back in India, like exploring my roots again. And so now I'm just like kind of creating the foundation solidly. And I'm also uh, being mentored by a Vince Calvin and, you know, uh, a lot of like individuals right now. So yeah, it's, it's like interesting how, you know, that little one journey as you as a kid, like exploring that whole realm gets you to yeah. explore this huge scope of like, you know, understanding uh, social dynamics, right? Yep, yeah. and it kind of takes like all those rejections or challenges, all those problems. And it's, it's, always, it's funny that you mentioned all that because it's, it's always like a breaking down just to mm. kind of like evolve again. Kind totally. of thing. I, I, I think they call that a calcination in, in alchemy. But mm. I remember I was telling my girlfriend uh, last night, actually, like, so creating like a new life, like a new identity, a new lifestyle, like creating is not something so positive all the time. Like, and mm. she asked me what I meant by that. I was like, well, when you create, you also, at the same time, you're destroying something at the same time mm. you're creating. 
And at the yeah. same time, you're destroying something, you're creating something. That's why like so, Shiva is called the, the God of destruction and creation. Mm. Yeah. It's really powerful, man. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, also speaking about that, like, what do you feel like has changed in terms of your own philosophy in terms of like, um, just doing like more inner work and exploration and, you know, studying different concepts and things like that. How well, the more, oh, no, go ahead. Yeah. How has it changed your philosophy and like how you embody that through your flow arts and through like your lifestyle and things like that? Man, that's, that's a good question. So when I'm doing personal inner work and stuff like that, I'll say the way the way that it changes on how I embody the philosophy mm. is just I start to realize like you can't you can't just say stuff just because it sounds good like it it does take a moment of embodying it like that like to me, I'm starting, that's that's what philosophy is it's not just be like oh you know fuck haters but then you're still giving a shit about what other people think. Mm, like true. it's it's not it's not so much embodied, but as you start to embody it, then you don't you don't even have to try. You know, yeah. I think I think it's like the Dal Duching had mentioned something along the lines of good speakers don't need scripts. Mm. Yeah. Like it it just makes sense to me. Because if you're embodying what you what you want to say, then you won't need any script. It's pretty much just like Arash in his lecture. Like he, yeah. he doesn't write the cuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then to me, that's inspiring. Like I want to be able to embody that. And each day that goes by and each personal inner development that I'm doing with myself, I'm getting one step closer. Definitely, man. And I feel like, you know, what you said about that kind of initiation through the creation process, we sort of have like fake initiations growing up. You know what I mean? Like, oh, join the soccer team or, you know, join this fraternity or, you know, just random like pseudo initiations that kind of like make us feel like we're part of a tribe. But I feel like what Arash is doing, right? He's kind of like embodying a whole tribe, right? He's like, I, he says, I am, I am C nation. I'm not just Arash, right? So oh. That's super powerful because that's that's what I think that like to be able to create a community, you have to embody the meaning of what community is and have it like be uh, the resonance of your own life, like the harmonic resonance of that. And, you know, um, because pretending will always deplete you. You know what I mean? Like if you're putting on a mask, you're you're using up a lot of energy to preserve that mask. Like, am I being right? Am I saying the right thing right now? Like, you know, we all get it, but it's like being able to consciously just let it go and understand that it's, it's like an inner caretaker rather than an inner critic, you know, cause if we say inner critic, it's going to criticize us. But if we, yeah. if we call it like an inner caretaker or it's like, cause the ego just wants to preserve, you know, it's like kind of the armoring of the self of the identity. And so the more we get into ego death, like through flow arts, through psychedelics, whatever, in the past you might have done psychedelics, right? Um, or like any kind of uh, thing that gets you to detach from the self uh, really gets you to explore that in greater depth. Because I think that a lot of people, you know, getting into flow, they understand it's about this kind of ego death aspect of it, right? Because take like Wim Hof breathing where you're like, you know, you take your cold exposure and like plunging into ice, like that's forced mindfulness, right? It's like, 
you don't need to think about, oh, is my mind quiet right now? Because you're freezing. You're like, <laughs> you're completely in the moment, you know? So I feel like as people sort of allow themselves to get into more forced mindfulness as well, like doing difficult things, but maintaining that discipline to do those difficult things, it also starts to create a much more of um, an elastic character. Not an elastic, but you become almost like a, a shapeshifter of sorts, right? You become a lot more versatile. Yeah. It's almost like the Joker, like from a deck of yeah. cards. Although Joker can be any kind of card. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Mm, that's an interesting perspective, man. Yeah, and also I feel like that archetype is so interesting of the Joker as well because, you know, a lot of us men, I notice a lot of men self-deprecating. Do you see this in the people a lot? Like, they, they just make fun of themselves and they, they mock themselves as, as a humor, like as a joke. But like, yes. that just pushes you kind of away from that as well, right? It's like a gesture should be like, you know, just having like being humorous for the sake of raising the vibration right not bringing it down mm -hmm. and i feel like there's a lot of humor out there that's like weird humor or like dark humor or you know uh like really lame puns that aren't really embodying like the free expressiveness of authentic humor of like just you know making a joke in the moment is so much better than you like planning some kind of you know joke beforehand like reading it a thousand times, you know? So, yeah. It comes off more natural that way. Totally, yeah. And laughter is also extremely contagious, you know what I mean? It's like, it's such a social thing that, you know, bonobos are one of the most playful primates. And, you know, they're the, they're the ones that get laid the most as well. <laughs> so that tells you something, you know, about these primates. Like, they, they, we have a lot to learn from, from the animal kingdom, for sure. Um, yeah, man. So, okay. So, uh, one final question, you know, as, as we kind of wrap up now, um, that I like to ask people is if I handed you a megaphone right now and you could scream something into this megaphone that the whole cosmos would hear your message and it would reverberate into everybody's ears. Like, what would you say? Mm. So if I had my own megaphone, I could shout it shout to the world. Mm. I would say, I would say, be open to change. Let mm. the let the moments come, let the moments go, and just continue to flow. Mm. Thank you so much, brother. May the flow be with you. How can people get in touch with you, man? Let them know. Uh, they can follow me on Instagram. So it'll be Bro Sia. That's B R three O's, and then S I A H. All right, man. And that'll be in the show notes as well. Thank you guys for tuning in. And thank you, man, for being a part of this journey. May the flow be with you, brother. I'll be with you. Take good care of yourself, audience. May the flow be with you. Join See you next Flow time. Awakening episode. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and follow at Flowzone Academy on Instagram. That's at F-L-O-Z-O-N-E-A-C-A-D-E-M-Y. May the flow be with you and stay legendary. Until next time, Flowmies.